0: are listening to the Final Score podcast. We are presented by PFP Players Fitness and Performance. Greg Swantek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you, and we are headed into the teeth of the winter sports playoff season. Uh, basketball playoffs are coming up uh, this weekend. Will be the county uh, wrestling championships, and in just a couple of minutes, we'll have Scott Mogar on. And Scott ran the uh, county wrestling tournament for almost twenty years. Uh, also serves as a long-time wrestling official, so we'll get uh, Scott's thoughts on the county tournament and just the wrestling scene in Frederick County in general, as well as his uh, long career as an official and uh, administrator for Frederick County Wrestling uh but first the uh, frederick county swimming championships were this past weekend uh john cannon was there for us how are you john yeah, good good
1: and, and what were your impressions i i, I guess the Ligonore girls uh, finally broke through yeah first time in their uh their long history i, I assume they had swimming going way back and they, they have ever since i've been up here decades ago and they won their first county girls title uh their their boys team had won back in 1997 that was the only school title but this this was the first for the girls and it was kind of tight with Tuscarora but they uh they, they there were a lot of records set and Linganore's girls set 3 of the 7 records that were set um so that was a big day for
0: them. Hey, has Ligonor sort of been building to, uh, to this point?
1: I, I mean, have people seen this coming? A little bit, but uh, like uh, what happened, they they got a couple club swimmers who came out this year who um, who uh, were at the school last year and just did not swim for whatever reason. They, they were dedicated to their club team. Uh, like their, their top swimmer on Saturday was Rachel McCoy. Now she's a sophomore. So she was at the school last year, but she didn't swim for the school. She swam for her club team. I think I know what it is, but I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not going to say it. Um, and but this year she came out, and that was the case with a few other girls as well. So I'll say they already had a couple, you know, they had some solid swimmers, but they didn't have the numbers. And then they get these 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 really excellent swimmers coming in that just pushed them over the top.
0: Yep. On the boys' side, uh, o- Oakdale continued <laughs> its, its run of dominance. I think that's what six in a row now uh, for, for the Oakdale boys.
1: Yeah, they're like the Tom Brady uh, some boys swimming, I guess. <laughs> just, well, uh, yeah, it's a good, a, a good up. way to put it. Yeah, yeah, they uh, year after year, and I mean, you know, back when that streak started, actually. They have a first-year head coach this year, Chris Lamont. Now he was an assistant last year. He actually was a swimmer when that streak started back in 2014. So no kidding. So, yeah, so all those guys are gone. long gone. And each year they keep losing really good swimmers, such as him, and then they uh, but new ones come in, and they just keep and they have depth. They have a lot of kids come out, so they get points galore all over the place.
0: How, how did Chris sort of come into that job? Then did you, did you find out at all? Or? Uh, I
1: mean, I forget what college he went to. I know he assisted last year. Yeah. He assisted Melissa Daly. It used to be Melissa Lapham. And she's still on the staff. But uh, I guess she wanted to step down or or step away from the head coaching job. So he was elevated to the head coaching job. and. He just likes the program. He even mentioned that the other day. He said, like, swimming for her, she just makes it so it's that's such a cool program. You want to kind of hang around it even when you're done. And he was one of those guys that came back, and now he's he's running the thing.
0: Yeah, it, it it gets in your blood. So, so what do we have coming up? We have, uh, I, I guess, regionals uh, coming mm-hmm. up this week, and, and, and then states uh, will be states. The, this weekend.
1: I mean, that's always – you never know. Because, I mean, regionals, sure, we'll get some – got to think we'll have some titles there. But then you get down in the states and you get those swimmers from – Montgomery County down the road, and and uh, you know we could have some champs, but it's uh, it's tough once you get to that level.
0: Is is it mostly just high school swimmers? Because the club swimmers, they sort of just sw- you have to make a choice now, right? You you, you have to attend
1: if to swim amount. for the high school team. You have to attend every practice, right? right, or a certain amount of practices and a certain amount of meets. Um, and uh, I I don't know if each school has their own policy. You know, different differing policies or not. Um, but I, uh, cause I, I, know like some of these club swimmers were saying that their, uh, their, their coach this year, Joe Hawkins really made an effort to get the, uh, swimmers out regardless of whether they went to club or not. So I guess they work with them and, and, uh, I mean, you can do, I guess you can have different practice times and that type of thing.
0: Yeah. So or or time is, is that been felt, I guess, on the County level. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or, or, or times, I'm, I'm detry- it, it seems I'm detry- to change. Tr- t- tr- year to year. Trying to think of how of, of how yeah, to word it. Like, wh- where are the standards now uh, of for, uh, for swimming?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do not know. Yeah. in terms of like practice time and how long you have to be with your team. And, yeah, well, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know, and it's it's a it's a good question because it's changed from year to year. Like I can remember sometime in the past ten years, Urbana was a swimming power girls, uh, year after year, and all of a sudden there was one year their club swimmers just were not competing anymore. Uh, I don't know the specifics of what went into that, whether that was a countywide thing or what, you know what I mean? I, but for whatever reason, they didn't come out. And uh, it, it, it's a huge impact whether you have them or not, you know, on, on, based on how good you're going to do in the county and then really how good you're going to do in the states as well.
0: Right. And, and is that just a Frederick County rule or is it statewide where you, where you have to? Where I, don't you
1: think have it, to yeah, I don't think it's statewide because I've heard, you know, people say that apparently these other, these other like Montgomery County, for instance, I hate to keep singling, the, singling them out. But I think part of their issue is a lot of their. I think their. I want to say their high school teams compete at the same same pools where their club teams compete, and a lot of times they can have those practices kind of coincide. You know what I mean? Or they can make the logistics work a little bit better because of that.
0: And, and states are in a couple of weeks, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they uh, down down in College Park College still, Park, oh, okay. as far as I know. Yeah, they are, yeah.
0: John, always appreciated your insights. We'll have you back on as we get a little further into uh, the playoffs. And uh, we'll be right back talking county wrestling uh, with longtime official Scott Mogar.
1: Why do I train?
0: Why do I train?
1: I train to jump higher.
0: I train because I have something to prove.
1: Be faster.
0: And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission.
1: Nothing to me is impossible.
0: I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. Scott Mogar is the unofficial historian of Frederick County Wrestling, longtime referee in the county. And with the county tournament on tap uh, for this weekend, we thought it would be great to have Scott on the podcast here. So, Scott, welcome in. Welcome to the Final Score, your first podcast, I understand. It
2: is my first podcast, yes. Thank you.
0: How did you get interested in wrestling?
2: So... Uh, I came from a line of wrestlers. Uh, I was born, of course, in southern New Jersey. And my father was a state champion in 1953. So I had three brothers. And it just came very natural that when I was three or four years old, uh, that I would hit the mat. And that's what I did. So I wrestled from the time I was, I mean, I, I could remember. I can remember that being one of the first things I did. And um and then I went along and wrestled all the way up through high school and, uh, of course, in college I played some baseball and then came back uh, to Frederick County and continued on. It's uh, one of those things that I felt, you know, it's a great sport. I, I've said it time and time again to, you know, to many kids that it it takes you know kids and turns them into men really quickly of course now there's plenty of girls wrestling as well but you
0: have a girls state tournament
2: for years there was not yeah so that was that was part of uh that's changed but it's something i've always loved i've always felt it's a great great sport and um i just always wanted to stay involved and of course moving out here i was new to the area what am i gonna do well, let me find let me find the wrestling program <laughs> i can i can fit right in
0: uh, and that was in 1997. So, New Jersey is one of the powerhouse states for wrestling in in, in, the, in the entire country. Yeah, Blair Academy, uh, a legendary high school wrestling program. So, when you're in New Jersey, I mean, wrestling's a, wrestling's a big deal around there for 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 teenage boys. I bet
2: it is. So everybody wrestled. Everybody played football. I mean, you know, that that was kind of the thing. I mean, you just go from one to the other. Um, and out here, you know, it's becoming bigger. Even though our participation numbers are around, we're seeing more participation at the youth level we're seeing the sport grow for sure Uh, but yeah it was definitely something that was bigger uh, in New Jersey when I was growing up than it was here for sure.
0: Were you a good wrestler?
2: Uh, I was not bad yes Um, unfortunately I was never a state champion but uh, I won districts uh, regions and then um, ended up I was in the top 50 for wins when I graduated high school but back then 100 was a milestone that you couldn't imagine you know
0: right what what high school did you go to Uh, so
2: i went to high school bishop eustace prep so we are out of Pensacola, new jersey Uh, i grew up in a small town and wrestled midgets in paulsboro uh so the coach of paulsboro recently got the paulsboro is one of only two or three schools in the country that has one thousand wins in their wrestling program uh the coach there today i believe uh, last week he just got a 600th win so just to give you an idea of a of where they're, you know, they're coming from, from the town. But, um, yeah, I wrestled in high school and uh, and then went well, off to, What was your weight class? So I wrestled uh, 152 sophomore, junior, senior year, and uh, 135 my freshman year. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, back then, of course, you could cut down and, you know, you did a lot of things you can't do today. Did where, you
0: like wrestling right from the start or did you hate it? I, I mean, hated it. Yeah. I hated it.
2: Who wants to diet during Christmas? Everybody's eating, during Thanksgiving. You're on a what, diet.
0: What what'd you hate the most about it? probably just the
2: fact of how hard it was you know i mean i worked tremendously hard i ran a lot uh i was constantly you know cutting weight uh practices two you know two three hours a day but again the and, and i hate losing you know if i would lose it was nobody else's fault right i'm out there by myself wrestling it's my fault that i did something i didn't do or i didn't work hard enough you don't week have or, a team you can rely no, on or yeah. I, I overlooked maybe an opponent you know something that i did i mean um thankfully it didn't happen too often but you know, I would hate that when that did happen. But what I love the most, of course, was winning because it was just you and I wrestling. It was just two people and I could win that match. And that was great. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of, I think I look back at it and I think what I appreciate the most now is the discipline that it taught you. It taught you that hard work, it it matters um, and it doesn't come easy, right? No, that's something that you know, there's no, there's no participation trophies in wrestling, because a participation drive just get you out and get you beat down. So you gotta work a little bit.
0: Were you cutting down your weight or Oh I was. Yeah.
2: I was cut so back then things were different than they were now. There was no uh none of this weight, uh, fat loss programs and dehydration, uh, you know, or hydration testing and, and the, the the growth allowances. We just weighed in. I weighed probably 170, 175 coming off of football, and I'd cut down, you know, to one fifty two. How how would you lose the weight? Um, Throw the trash bag on. You'd start. You'd start running. Uh, You know. You'd go out and run every night. You'd eat dinner. You'd you'd go on a diet. Uh, But we. I would run every day, typically in the morning. Would you roll
0: yourself up in the mats or? um... So no,
2: I was not a mat roller. Other people were mat rollers. They would they would go and roll or jump rope in the shower. Yeah, but I was not a mat roller. But those did exist for sure. But that was really it. You know, you you would sit and just attempt to sweat it out. Right, so it was a rather unhealthy way to do it for all those years, but you'd make weight. I never ever missed. I was, was going to ask, did you ever miss? Weight? Absolutely not. Yeah, that was not an. That was not ever it, an issue.
0: It, it was. It wasn't even an option. It doesn't sound nope. like, like you, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, hmm. I mean, if you had to fudge the scale <laughs> to, <laughs> to make it happen, well, you were, it. back was, then it was they weren't happen. digital,
2: right? So back then, all you had to do was be able to slide the credit card through that little scale slot and say, "Yep, oh, he's got daylight in there." Right, and that was it. So, so, yeah.
0: so that's what I mean. If you don't like the sport right away, I mean, you're, you're you're on these crazy diet, doing this crazy thing to lose weight. When you're actually out there, you're being twisted into a. Well, hopefully not. You're not being twisted into a pretzel, but but you could get beat. It's a sport where you can get beat up to some degree. I mean, what what made you stay with wrestling? Why Why did you stick it out? Uh, you know, I was I was pretty good at it. Um, I think I had a
2: family history of it. My brothers wrestled in high school when I was in midgets. Okay, um, so you knew what you were doing. You know, so I kind of had them to go with and a lot of my friends wrestled right it was different all of my friends I mean all of my friends wrestled uh we had wrestling you know competitions in gym class I mean for the grammar school and things it wasn't like here we you know you just you have them at school and after night really their wrestling was involved you know my family we would go to the matches at night and we would do different things so it just was a style that was different you know and I think you can see that today with some some people around here you kind of see the same thing it, they just they live that wrestling style. And then they play other sports, but, but they do a lot of things. So you stay with it. And, and I certainly, like I tell my kids, I would tell my kids when I was coaching, uh, I tell my own kids now, you know, you start, you finish it out. We're not going to stop middle season. We're going to finish it out. And then we'll reevaluate what you want to do. But you got to try as hard as you can because you signed up for it.
0: Were you a football player that wrestled or a, re- or a wrestler that played football?
2: I was a football player that wrestled. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Um, but it became more of a, you know they kind of just went hand in hand i mean they they really went hand in hand um and then I played
0: baseball after that, so yeah, so many people around here just think of you as a referee but but you but but i mean what is this what is this guy how could he make that call what does he know about wrestling but but you've this has been your life i mean you you've lived this i mean you 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 were out there paying the price too with 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 the with the sweat and the tears and, and oh I hear it all stuff. Yeah.
2: i I hear it all you know and uh In officiating, right, there's a lot of judgment. I mean, we know the rules. I I take a test every year. Um, i serve as the rules interpreter for Western Maryland. So I study the rules a lot with people in the state. Uh, We get, you know, interpretations from national. So we're constantly talking about, you know, what is happening on the mat. How are we making a call? Why are we making that call? We're watching videos. I spend time mentoring others. But at the end of the day, you know, I've wrestled. I've coached. I've coached at the high school level. I've coached at the midget youth level. I've officiated every age group. Um,
0: You've run the county tournament.
2: Run the county tournament, yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've got, you know, I've got a, a, a good experience
0: yeah, you in come, that. You come by this honorably. <laughs> and,
2: and at the end of the day, when I step off the mat, regardless of whether it's a state championship match or whether it's just a regular dual meet in the beginning of the season, you know, I try to leave there – and, and know that I didn't make a call that was just completely out of the woodworks that no one has ever seen, no one's ever made, that decided a match. You know, I make the calls based upon what they're doing on the mat, not who is wrestling. I try not to know the wrestlers too well. I think that hurts. I don't have any expectations when I go out there and to try to treat everybody fairly, right? I mean, the biggest thing for me is – you know, the wrestlers are, are good sportsmanships to me. They respect me. I respect them. We work together, and we go. And same thing with the coaches. You know, a coach brings it to the table. They're more than than welcome to talk to me about a call and talk to me about why a rule is a rule or talk to me about uh, what happened on the a situation. But there's a respectful way to do it, and then there's a way to just simply come over and just question your judgment and like you said, how'd you make that call? Why, yeah?
0: Where, where do most coaches fall on that spectrum? Are most respectful or are most off? Off to off, me, they're off the hinge? At least to
2: me, they're respectful. Okay. Um, I really don't have many problems. I've had some coaches come over that are—they're just not happy, and that's okay. Um, it, it's just going to be the way it is. Uh, but most of the time, for me, I would say nine out of ten times they're very respectful, and we have a conversation, and that's it. Uh, we
0: don't harbor any ill
2: feelings after that.
0: Is there a memorable call that you missed? Did you, did, you, did you miss a call? Or you say, I wish I would have done that differently? Memorable match, memorable call. Because cause that's what coaches want to hear. If, if they think it's a bad call, they want to they hear the ref acknowledge that, yes, it was a bad call. Was, was there a big one that you missed um, at that point?
2: You know, I think as I was first starting out, there were calls that I made that were too quick. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, you know, maybe it was a takedown, uh, you know, I could go back to probably, you know, in the, in the late two thousands, you know, doing some dual meets and you're out there and, and maybe my call was really quick for a takedown and really control wasn't established beyond reaction time. Somebody just hit the mat and they pop right back up and I'm awarding two. And it changes the dynamic of things. Um, I think that, that the calls I made, I, I don't have any recollection of making just a horrible call that, Somebody just blew out of the water, but I have recollection making some quick calls that I said, ah, I should have held that for one second or two seconds, and that I'd still be on their feet, they'd still be wrestling, um, and and that's probably something that comes with time.
0: Well, have you ever been in a back and forth with a coach where he's questioning one of your calls, and then later, maybe not then, but at some point, you say, you know what, he was right, I, I, I missed that call. Has that ever has that ever happened?
2: Um, I think that there are times. So those calls are the judgment calls, typically around stalling right? So, you know, the rule simply says you must make every attempt to wrestle in the center of the mat and you must wrestle. And there's various odds and ends of things you can't do with stalling. But that always seems to be the area that people question the most. You come out, I'm stalling or you're stalling. I'm calling stalling on your wrestler who may be on top because he's not working for a pin. But meanwhile, the bottom guy is laying there. Well, it's an obligation on both. I may swap stalling calls. I may call them double stalls. Um, But that right there, is probably when they come talk to me, I may pay a little more attention if they have a good point. You know, I'm in front of the wrestlers watching. It, you know, their heads. I'm watching. I may not see something going on behind, or I may be looking at something down with a hold and not catch something in the back, although you try. So a coach may come to the table and say, "You know what? Uh, this stalling. You know, this guy's stalling. You're calling my guy. I don't understand it. He's holding the ankle. He's doing this with with the top, and my guy can't get out. But yet you're calling my guy for stalling." But what that coach may not see is that the kid is holding his hand and not doing anything. He's just holding his hand over his shoulder. So, you know, it goes both ways. But I do, I do pay attention. I mean, a lot of these coaches come with a lot of credibility. I mean, it was you know, I was coaching with Jim Sharner in 1996, 97. You know, he's been around. I mean, these guys have been around. Uh, so when they come to me, you know, and, and they have a respectful conversation and they say, look, here's what I'm seeing. You know, can you pay attention to this? um a lot of times it happens with a hold right somebody will be taking kind of a limb arm usually it's an arm they'll take it right to the limit with something and of course against you know against the limit is illegal but they'll take it right to that spot and uh sometimes i may not catch a right angle and a coach may come out and say hey listen they're doing this a lot of my guys are complaining that that this is not you know not what's supposed to be happening so i'll
0: pay attention to it when you were a coach, did you question a lot of calls? Were you were you at the table constantly talking talking to the refs, or, I or became did you let an, the refs do their? I jobs? became an
2: official because I was so unhappy with the officiating.
0: Okay, right. So that's actually how I was, was going to ask you because officiating is such a thankless it job. Is, it is because ha- when you do your job perfectly, no one ever talks about you. Right. You, you weren't even there practically because no one's paying attention to you. But yep. as soon as you make the the first call that someone even in the crowd doesn't agree with, then they're all over you. And then they're paying attention to everything you do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so I was going to ask, why did you become official? But you just, you just, answered. so when I
2: was coaching at Brunswick, I was, head co- I had come from Middletown. I was at Middletown for four or five years and I became the head coach of Brunswick and I was at Brunswick and we were wrestling North Hagerstown and we beat North Hagerstown that year. And Brunswick at the time they, when I took over, we, we worked hard. We had a, we had, they had never won. Um, you know, and all of a sudden we were winning and we were beating good teams Um, and we were wrestling and I had two back-to-back matches and one was Williamsport and one was Hagerstown. and the referee for Williamsport had messed up the weigh-ins. He wasn't following the rules and let, so the, the rules basically when you weigh in and your weight class is done that kid can't, if he misses that weight class, he can't wrestle that weight class. He has to go up to the next one. Um, And that's been a rule for, you know, since the 2000s. Um, So, you know, 145 is done. Okay. Well, you weigh in a kid at 152. Even if he weighs 145, he still can't wrestle because he missed that call for the class. Right. Right. So that was one was the interpretations of that. And I got screwed on that. And we lost the match by the last match. And it came down where they bought that kid out. And I'm like, and I'm like, I got you. I'm like, you, you have to, you don't have a wrestler. And that was a whole big debacle. And then I had a call where we had a kid on his back and we were, you know, double arm bar, pinning a kid, and the call got stopped uh, because the, the ref thought it was illegal. And I mean, there was nothing that was illegal about it. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I am going to become an official. And I had made up my mind right after that. And so the next year, I went to the officials meeting and I was still coaching and I became an official. And I was just doing some JV, I was doing some youth because uh, the association had a rule that you really couldn't coach if you were, you know, you couldn't coach and officiate, which is understandable. And, um, then eventually when my kids were born and I started to coach my son for Luya, uh, then I just started doing kind of high school offici- officiating and I was doing it almost full time.
0: Did you think you made a big mistake when you did it?
2: No, but I did miss coaching because I felt that, you know, I had a lot to offer as a coach. You know, I, I felt that at least I could relate to the kids cause I had been there. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of coaches, a lot of kids that are coaching today that I had, which is great. You know, I love the fact they've stayed in the sport. Um, I mean, Trey is one of them. You know, Husker Wars. Right? Yeah, they've been pretty successful. You know, him and I mean, they he stayed in that sport. Um, I mean, I you know, I I think it's great to see that. Um, I see other wrestlers of mine having kids, and they're helping their kids wrestle, which is great as well. So, I would never say it's a mistake. Because I don't think anything associated with that with the sport of wrestling is a mistake. But I think well, if you're involved,
0: yeah. What was your first impression of officiating, though? I mean, did you hate it like you hated wrestling when you started, or no? Or, I thought to myself, "Wow, these people in the stands really have
2: no idea what they're talking about." Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was my first. That was my first notion. I'm like, you know, like they really have no idea of the rules. Um, How well did you know the rules when you first started?
1: I mean, I'm sure you. Well, you take stu- a test, studied up. Yeah. You know, so
2: you take a test. A test, a hundred questions. You know, and and I don't think I've ever gotten below probably a 93 ever since you have to I've take taken a test it. every year. Every year you take a test. Yeah. Um. You know, several years you get 100. I mean, several people in association get 100. The minimum is an 85 to do anything postseason. So, uh, some of the rules, you know, and the way they take make the tests are a little tricky. Some of the interpretations, but wrestling again is a lot of judgment. You know, control, while there's examples, while you know what it is to control somebody, it's still a judgment of whether you're in control of somebody. Um, you know, stalling is a huge objective call. Do I think you're wrestling or do I not think you're wrestling? That's the stalling call. Um, so there are factual calls. I mean, if you're pinned, you're pinned. You know, if you get a reversal, universal. I mean, there's, there's, there's things that are very factual with wrestling. But... You know, I don't, I don't think it's a mistake. I think that, um, the time commitment, I think my, my wife appreciated it. Right. All of a sudden I wasn't gone, you know, from two 30 to six 30, four days a week, five days a week, and then all day Saturday. Right. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, officiating became, Hey, I'm going to go do weigh-ins at five. I'm at over here at TJ. I'll be home at seven matches done <laughs> You know, kind of became pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I didn't have the responsibility. So I was more became responsible for my own kids. But I still coached at the youth level. So I coached for, you know, eight years or so while my son was was coming through.
0: What is the state of officiating in Frederick County wrestling right now? I mean, oftentimes you're working by yourself and you're not, and, and, and you're only doing your own job and you don't get to see other officials or see what they're doing. But in other situations, you're working with a partner or, or someone else is there, or you're working a try a match or a tournament where you where you see other officials and how they work. Uh, just generally speaking, what is the state of? Has it improved? Has it gotten better? Are we in a, are we in a good spot with the officiating now? Is there there's still room to grow, or or how would how would you rate the current level of officiating in the county
2: so the level of officiating in the county i feel is as good as it's ever been i feel we have a lot of guys that have 10 15 20 years experience we work very well together i feel that we've put the time in as an association so our association is the washington county wrestling association so we do washington county and we do Frederick county so there's maybe 20 of us in the association and i feel that we put the time in we meet twice a month we spend two hours in a meeting. Um, I serve as the rules interpreter. I get on the mat. We talk about situations. We talk about why you called something a certain way. We talk about rule interpretations that others may have seen. Uh, Maybe they saw a crazy situation, a crazy move, and they weren't sure. They made a call, but they weren't sure if it was right, so we kind of reenact that. Um, And I feel that that work pays off.
0: So if you were coaching right now in the county, you would be happy with the level of of officiating in the county? I
2: think I would. I mean, I think every county – Right. And this was the I mean, you you have you have your really good officials. You have your kind of OK, I'm, I'm OK with this guy showing up and you got ah this guy doesn't call the match the way I like it. So you're always going to have that, you know, those couple in every association. I don't care where you're coming from, whether it's Baltimore or here. But the one thing I do say, it, you know, statewide is that officials, wrestling officials are, are a dying breed. They're a dying breed. There's no question about it. I mean, you why? I had this discussion down at North Point on Saturday with the MWA, who is from Baltimore. Uh, they've got about 65 guys that they assign out right now. They used to have about 130, 140. Um, you know, we have maybe 20. We were up in the 30s at one point. Eastern Shore Association has three, right, three officials. And then um, Potomac Valley has seven, which is out west. So those numbers, you know, the same guys are around, right? You're constantly the same guys. But I think it's because, one, the environment, um, the officials right now in the, in the state are working together to get some legislation together to post penalties for assault on official stalking official, those type of things.
0: It's becoming a security risk. It right? absolutely is with, with the parents, the crazy parents that are out there. It is. And
2: I was telling the story on Sunday, you know, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough, uh, to referee the state final for the three, a, you know, we call the pin. I stand up. People are on the mat from the stands. It's that easy. Luckily, she was a happy, excited mom, and not a disgruntled, extremely angry dad. Because and at you don't that, know what they're carrying, or well, I had no or, idea. Or what, yeah. I stood up, and uh, you know, next thing I know, she's jumping all around, and I'm what? And you know, what happened here? And it was within an, it was within two seconds of me calling that pin. So I can only imagine what that must be like if that's a very disgruntled person coming out there. Have
0: you ever had an incident with a family? I have not. I have seen have, one you throw, of, have you thrown fans out of the gym? Oh, I have. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I, 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 you, you're not a, you're not a ref until you've done that, right? Uh,
2: not only that, but I get the county tournament. Somebody, you know, after, it's funny because after their kid wrestles and their kid is done, they'll show the displeasure, and then I'll just like, come on, let's go. And nobody ever argued. They know. I just walk up, play up, say, listen, you can't do that. Come on, right? Uh, but yeah, so the county tournament, we've had our share. Uh, during the match, we've we've had our share. But typically, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I've had a youth event where somebody came on the mat with another official where we had to stop that. Um, you know, a couple, I guess the last month in the Carroll County youth event, there was an official attack. So this is where this is all coming from. Um, so, you know, it's a danger in all the sports. Um, you know, I look, uh, you look on, uh, but social media and you see some sites that, that are promoting. They're promoting identifying these people who are just doing this to officials. Um, one's like offsides, I think it's called. I see some clips from that sometimes.
0: But in wrestling, though, you're often by yourself. In basketball, Correct. in basketball, there's multiple officials. So if someone came out of the stands, you'd have some at least some reinforcement. There. Yeah. Uh, in wrestling, you're out there by yourself, and if something, if there's a disgruntled fan that has a problem with the official and is coming after the official, who are you turning to? thankfully i know how to wrestle that's <laughs> i'm hoping i can stave
2: them off until the coaches right. or somebody can help well what, what can be done you said you're trying to pass legislation like like, like
0: what, what can be done
2: so right now maryland in terms of officials specifically officials does not have any legislation that uh addresses an assault on an official it's a simple assault like i would just go outside and fight you on a parking lot so alabama pennsylvania west virginia these things are felonies if you're in a sporting event, and there's an official that actually carries heavier penalties. Uh, so Dennis Frazier, who actually used to be the coach of South Carroll, coach of Century, he's in. He's a legislator out of Carroll County, so he's going to support the bill. The MWOA, which is the state, uh, the largest association in the state out of Baltimore, they are drafting it. A gentleman Tony there, who's a the lawyer for them, is he is also an official. Um, he was at the state tournament Saturday. We were talking. They are drafting the language. They're going to give it to uh, Coach Frazier. And then we're going to pass it around and we'll see Is if everybody's wrestling or all sports. Well, they're going to try to do it for all sports, but we're looking at it for wrestling. Obviously, if the other associates want to jump in, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, it's only protective to us and it's following the model of other states. I mean, Pennsylvania, it's a misdemeanor um, and it has language specifically against an official. You know, I hope you hope it never comes to that. And parents need to realize we're out there doing. I have nothing against your kid. I don't know your kid. I don't know you. Um. You know, and I'm making a call and sure you're angry, but you know, there just has to be a point of safety. Like you said, um, you know, and I can only imagine if I'm 18 years old, or I'm 19 years old and I'm just trying to start being an official, you know, we, we go play soccer, you know, and the officials may be 15 years old. He's out there.
0: And you're not doing this for the money uh, either. No, so, right.
2: no. At the end of the day, by the time I, of my time and my commuting back and forth, that's the minimum wage. Yeah, there, it's very, very little. You do it because you love the sport, you know, and it's the one thing that I've always always been with. we made great friends, and I always felt like when you see the people from the wrestling, you know, that's one thing I always loved about the county tournament, right, was you get to see a lot of people coming back. You get to see people you knew for 20 years ago, and you've there's a common bond among people in wrestling regardless of what happens. You know, it, every, the wrestlers are always together, always people you can count on, and it's a big sphere,
0: you know, of influence, uh, uh, in the community is the people that wrestle before we talk about the county tournament. Were, were you ever thrown out as a coach? Were you ever thrown out of a match by a, by a ref? No, I was not. I was, uh, I think I did lose a team point for sports, my conduct
2: in a regional it was yeah. a guy from Western Maryland. Well, what was your relationship like as a coach with, with, with the referees? Um, it was pretty good. I mean, I definitely respected them. You know, I'm in a coach. I mean, he did about You know, I, I certainly showed displeasure with calls sometimes, um i certainly would go to the table and cite rules um uh, you know i knew them and i would cite them but i never you know was threatening out it was always hey you know go to the table be respectful show your displeasure and hopefully that they'll pay attention and i kind of keep that in my right they'll tell you something hopefully they'll pay attention for the next couple of matches and pick something up um but for the most part uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I was never really. A, you just wanted the level of all, of all officiating to increase. and, that, and I did. That, I did. And
0: That's why you wanted to get into it.
2: I did. And I, and I encourage other people to get into it. I encourage people all the time. If you think you can contribute. And this year we have a couple new people come in uh, to our association and they're doing a great job. Uh, they hang out with us for the season. They'll sit with us after the matches. Uh, we'll talk with them. We'll evaluate them. And uh, and they do a really good. They're doing a really good job for just starting out. And they've got some wrestling background,
0: which is right. nice. I, I saw you at North Point in Waldorf on Saturday, and right before you you refereed that state final between Steven Decatur and Ligonor, you You mentioned to me that it was going to be your last official, last regularly scheduled wrestling match. You're not stepping away entirely. You're you're there to help. But your, but your days as a full-time official are over. How, how When when did you start officiating? What what year?
2: So I started officiating uh, part-time in 2004. Okay. So you've been doing this for, for 15 – Probably full-time six. in 2006. Like, right, Full schedule. Is it going to be hard for you to step away? It will not because I now have my kids – I'll have two in high school next year. I'll have one in eighth grade and I'll have one in sixth grade. My kids play sports. Um and I think it's just that time I've come, I've come to realize, um, you know, people always say, you know, about giving money donations. I've always given my time, right? I always, I always felt like if you can give your time to somebody, it's, it's better than giving somebody $20 because you have my time to do something, to help with something, to fill these roles, whether it's youth programs. I was president of Luya. Uh, you know, I've coached soccer and baseball and I've umpired. I've, you know, I umpire field hockey, right? That's the kind of a funny thing. I umpire field hockey as well.
0: Oh, your uh, daughter plays field hockey. She does.
2: Yes. And, and because we go away for weekends at a time, I decide, well, I'm going to umpire. I am gonna sit here for five hours in between. Let's study some rules and, uh, let's do that. But I just realized that it, and, and this is why I had stepped away from the county tournament last year. Um, there just comes a time where there's a window that needs to be open for somebody else. You know, I've been at this for 20 years, uh, you know, uh, give or take in every aspect and role. And now that my kids are at the point where I want to watch, you know, I want to watch them. I don't want to ever take away it anymore and say, you know, I've got to go officiate while you're playing something. Um, And it's just come to the time where they're all four of them are are thankfully athletic. They're involved in sports and and they're at different places. So uh, I just felt, you know, with with work. And with the kids in high school that this would be sort of the last full-time season that I did and thankfully the association was you know awarded me at least with doing the state title to kind of finish me out which was which was a nice event
0: dramatic match too well, <laughs> down to the final slap of the mat down to the you. final
2: 2 minutes yeah. um incredible match
0: you know I you know when you're in it I
2: I had no idea what the team score was um I'm in the match I'm I'm not paying attention to what's going on I can tell you, though, the atmosphere was incredible.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, but ultimately your eye and your judgment, deemed to be correct in this case, decided the the state championship.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they were going at it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, the gentleman from Leonor ended up on his back, um, you know, in a hold that was pretty tight. I mean, going through the first period, it was a pretty close match. And you knew what had to happen. I mean, I knew what had to happen. I knew at the end I saw that Leonor was ahead Um, And, you know, I could see them jostling around. They were up by four, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't go their way. But um, it was very exciting, and I think given the other events that happened during the day, that was by far the most exciting match of the day, by far. And I was glad that I happened to be the one that got to do that.
0: You, but you had to sit around all day. Uh, for, for, <laughs> well, yeah. Why, why, why did you have to be there at eleven a.m. To, to referee a six? You know, I asked Bruce that so, too. We we yeah.
2: we've tried to we've tried to, to figure that one out. So weigh-ins for that weigh-ins for those guys were twelve thirty. Uh, I was doing weigh-ins and skin checks, and uh, I was an assistant for the first match, uh, South River and Eleanor Roosevelt. So you know, whistle goes in the pocket. You walk around. You help when you're needed, and um, and then of course the finals was at 6-30, which really ended up being about seven seven because they were late. So yeah, so we waited all day to finally blow the the match for the fourteen. But, but I got a it, good one.
0: It, it paid off, though. You, I got a good one. You got a good one, and and and, and you you helped decide the the, the state championship. Your, yeah. your, your 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 judgment. So, and you know, next year, I mean, the phone is going to ring, Scott, and they're you know it's coming, and they're going to call. Hey, we're short officials. I mean, you said yourself, the it's a it's a shrinking uh, a pool of officials. We need you for this match. Can you do it? And I mean, I know you have kids, and I mean, it might not be that hard to say no, but will it be hard to say no in, in, it will in, in be. those cases? It yeah.
2: will be, because I'll miss events like the Hub Cup. I'll miss events like the state tournament. Um, you know, through the years, I've gotten to be a better official, so you get better events. And I'll miss some of the real competitive duels. You know, the the Middletown Urbana duel, the Oak Door Urbana, You know, There's some good duels. I mean, Leonor's going to come right up in there with some, with some good battles um, with some of these guys. So they're fun matches to be at. And not only that, I see a lot of kids who I coached in the youth. I mean, I see dozens of kids that I've coached throughout the years uh, are now, you know, in high school, but it will be. And I told them, so we had our uh, decisions for rules interpreting. So I actually did not uh, return my position, although they wanted me to. Um, I did not return my position for a rules interpreter. And uh, I did announce to them that I would be doing part-time. And, and I felt that it's fair enough that when they are in a bind, because I know that they're in a bind, Rather than reach out to a guy from Garrett County or Baltimore, you know, give me a call. If I'm available, I will help you. But it's not going to be one of these, you know, here's your full schedule. You work around it. It's going to be, hey, here's the few dates I have available that I know for a fact they can help you. You, you told me what you
0: are going to do. You are you are going to check your kids' sports schedules, yep. mark off those dates, and then any other dates you're, you're available for. Yep, and so. that's it. And you have to stick to that. I mean, because yeah. uh, there's going to be times where the phone's going to ring, and, you, and one of your kids is going to be having an event that night, <laughs> and you're going to be forced to to say no yeah. to, to to one of your officials' colleagues.
2: And it and it'll be hard. Um, but again, I I think it, the time has come, and, and the window is open for others to sort of step in and step up. Right? That you know now, you know, you, like I say, out with the old, in with the new. You know, right. it's it's time for somebody else to take on the next 20 years.
0: Right. I mean, you have such a good rapport with just about every wrestling coach in the county i mean you ran the county tournament for how, how many years did you run the county tournament 20 for? years 20 years you can't run the county tournament for 20 years if people don't like you i mean but being a ref where you're, where you're so often at odds with a coach in terms of opinion or, or you, you see things differently how have you been able to maintain that good rapport with with all the coaches here in the county i think it's just being respectful yeah
2: I, and i really think that's it you know i tell people sportsmanship and respect go a long way um i mean i'm not angry as a person you're a coach i was a coach we're here to do a job. Let's do our job and let's move on. There's there's bigger things that are going to happen than the than this hour we're going to spend together. But while we're here, be respectful and let's teach the kids a good lesson. I I mean I I've seen events where officials have been just nasty to kids, you know, and it's it's not good. It's
0: and, not. And you see situations where coaches really dislike officials. Officials really dislike coaches. I mean, it's it's not often where you guys get get along so well. But yeah. but, but you seem to pull it off somehow. I just think you know, like I said, be
2: respectful, be kind to them, show respect to the kids, you know, talk to the kids, you know, if, you know, a kid says something, you know, some little words, you know, there's nobody's pen. Hey, hey, watch what you're saying there. Yeah, I'm not going to pen a lot, you know. Talk to the kid, let know that's not right, um, you know. And I, I think that goes a long way.
0: Yeah. What do you like the most about the county tournament?
2: The tradition. So. Everywhere we go. It was always a goal of mine to make it special for the school we were at. Starting back, you know, as early as I can remember, we would have, you know, we used to have Adelphia 10 come in sometimes. You know, that was that was a special time they would come in. Uh, we would have old state champions. You know, we would have old coaches. Uh, we'd have people give the award. Guy Whidden, you know, one of the gentlemen who, you know, it was in D-Day as a paratrooper. He would come out and give awards sometimes. Uh, we would have when we did Frederick a few years ago. You know, we, we we call it you know the the fallen heroes, where we had the five parents uh, walk out with us with a finalist from their school, and those kids had wrestled, and they're no longer with us. They were um, victims of war or whatever. You know, however they passed uh, in the military, um, and that was a special event. Whether it was bringing the color in or ha- or One of my favorites was I'd go to the, I would go to the wrestling coach and say, get somebody in your school to sing the national anthem. Sometimes they played a trumpet. Sometimes they would sing. Sometimes it was two or three of them. Sometimes a coach would sing, uh, you know, just the traditions. Um, The staff would wear different kinds of shirts and, and and we always had, you know, just different things going on at each of the schools. And I think that's my favorite part you know, Kevin Kendra always talked about that. You know, and he's, he, he used to take his father and they used to go in and they go have lunch in the room or they come back, but it was the tradition. Each, each school. And that's one of the reasons why some schools are a little different. Like this year, it's at Walkersville. That school's a little tight. Three mats in a gym it's going to be a very tight fit for the day. But same thing as Catoctin or, you know, but when you go to Frederick or you go to Catoctin or you go to Middletown, there's a tradition part of that 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 school gets to put on it. It's once every 10 years. It rotates in alphabetical order, and you don't get it back for 10 years. So we so always It'll said, be at
0: Brunswick next year then? It'll be
2: at Brunswick, and then it'll start again. Yep, yeah, Brunswick, Catoctin. Yep, and it'll go right through Frederick, and it'll go right through again. Um, and what's interesting is that's why we don't centralize it. We talked about saying, listen, TJ's a great place. What a fantastic place. Kids on the bottom, parents up top. It's got the space, but you lose the tradition. And that's really what makes the county tournament itself. Because
0: some coaches would like to see the, it, it at a certain spot every year. It's
2: tough to run, right? So that's, that, so that's how that happened. So I was at Brunswick as a head coach, and Brunswick had the county tournament. So back in 1997-98, Coach Andre Jackson, Jim Shartner, myself, and Doug Schneider, who's the assistant at Middletown, started the novice tournament. It was the Tuesday after the county tournament. It was for all JV wrestlers. And all first-year wrestlers who did not qualify for regions, we would wrestle them all on Tuesday night. We would just wrestle until we got tired, and we go home. 2003, when I was at Brunswick, I said, "You know what?" I talked to Lynn Carr, who was the supervisor at that time, and I said, "Let's make this a JV tournament as part of the county. Forget this stuff on Tuesday. Forget you know this extra work we got to do. We're all here. All the wrestlers are here. Our county tournament's two days. Let's make it go." And that's when it's, that's how that started. And then through the years, we've did bracket tournaments. We've done sort of the Madison style on Friday where we just kind of group them together because the numbers have always been so up and down. Um, And then eventually what happened was that just became the tournament. And I said, you know, when I was coaching in Brunswick and we had the county tournament and I was trying to run the county tournament because before every school would kind of run it, you just can't do it. I'm like, you just cannot do this. It's too much. I have to worry about... People getting fed, I have to worry about people getting in on time, my mats, my parents, tickets, you know, you worry about everything. So then I said, you know what? When I'm done coaching and I was still helping because I knew how to run the program, that was the big thing, right? You're on, knew how to run the wrestling tournament program. Um, I said, I'm going to stay on. And if they want, I'll run the tournament. We'll run the CD me as an objective non coach. I'll run the counter tournament as a non coach and non participant, and I'll just run it. And that lasted for 15 more years or 14 more years, whatever it was. How much work does that involve? (laughs) So the week before and the two days right prior, like the CD meeting is tonight for them. So from tonight on until Friday, until the Saturday, until the tournament is over, it's on. I mean, it's just all, it's every free minute you have getting that ready. Um, Leading up to it, typically in the beginning of January, we would start. But I I had what I called sort of the the traveling roadshow. You know, I had uh, Garland, the t-shirt guy. You know, I had the Girl Scouts coming to sell cookies at the cookie booth every year. I had, you know, guys who made the brackets. So after a while, I just had kind of a pattern. I had a spreadsheet and we would go. And
0: how did you know how to run all the computer stuff? If that's what you do? or Just
2: um, kind of learned, yeah. you know, in the very beginning, just kind of learned how to run the program, you know, and, and I, I used the same program all, for every year. I never, I never stopped. Um, I have all those files and, you know, that's how it leads in the history. I have all that information uh, with records and all county tournament information. And, um, you know, it, that was, I think, the benefit of it was that I had that put on a laptop and I could go. And then I had my brother always help me as well. He always volunteered. He was in Westminster. He always volunteered to help as well. And it was a volunteer job. That was another thing. There's no pay for that. But you know what you got? You got a free meal with the coaches. You got like breakfast, lunch that day. That, but there was no pay. Um, and that's something everybody always thought, like, how much does that pay you? Nothing. Right. <laughs> you just do it because I, I love doing it. I had a great time doing it. Was, I, was it hard to go to Urbana last year and not be in charge? So I actually went away. You did. I I was not in town during the county tournament weekend. Nope. I um I didn't officiate. In fact, this year they asked me to officiate, um and I told them I was done. Um, nope. This year, uh this weekend, uh I I you know if I stop by the county tournament, it's as a fan and a spectator. I don't know if I will, but um I certainly follow it.
0: Who who runs Who runs it now?
2: It's run by each school. It's back to the way it used to be back in the nineties. Okay. Every school was responsible. So, running so
0: itself. so it's not centrally run. Like like this like, year like they uh, had with you, they were spoiled with you because they they had you to do all the work.
2: That well that that's a that's a true statement. But yeah. uh, now they're doing it themselves. You know, and they're just it's just something they have to do. Um, the reason I left it at Urbana the way I did was because Urbana had a youth program that was running tournaments. They run these meets, and I was like, you know, they kind of have the support group. Um, that could run it. So I, I kind of did time when I was going to do it. Of course, with Trey at Tuscarora, he asked me to run it for him, and I felt at least I could do that as a favor to him. Uh, otherwise, I'd have been out that year. But I just felt like it was a good time and a good place because they had youth programs coming up. These, you know, the 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 high school coach was going to have support. Whether it was Brunswick, they've got a nice youth program. Walkersville's got one. Urbana had one. So there was a little bit more that they could, they could ease that pain. And the tournament was actually going to online. So Maryland now uses track wrestling. So the county tournament was a new program. Uh, track wrestling was the region before. So now they were switching over something new. It was all online. It was all computer-based. And I said, okay, now you guys can kind of,
0: you know, just kind of take it over. What do you say to the people that want the JV tournament and the varsity tournament separate? Oftentimes they're running together, and, and there's interruptions in the varsity tournament to get JV matches in. I mean, you know how this all works and how it has to be done. What, what do you say to the people that say, put the JV wrestlers, to, put them back to Tuesday or have them wrestle Thursday or Friday and then just have the whole varsity tournament start to finish?
2: My thought is always that the JV wrestlers deserve to wrestle. It's just that simple, right? In, they, in front of an audience. They deserve to wrestle in front of an audience because they go so many matches. They're in those rooms. They're the future of wrestling. They go so many matches, and they don't get to wrestle.
0: They actually... And, and, and no one would... Would anyone come to the just the JV tournament?
2: Yeah. Well, they would because those parents would love to see their kids wrestle. Right. Um, I always felt that if you came in during the county event, so we used to do it on a Friday and Saturday. You come in on the county. The greatest scenario was when we had a third mat and they could wrestle the whole time. It's a big crowd. You know, they get a lot of support um, and they wrestle. You know, is it the right answer to have it on a Tuesday? Probably not. Is it the right answer to maybe make it a weekend, you know, it, one or two weeks behind the season. Sure. But I think the real, what I'd really like to see happen would be making an MVAL JV tournament. Right, it doesn't be a Frederick of county. We just want the kids to wrestle. I want the kids to get four or five matches. And then at the end, I want the kids to be recognized. That's why I always before that, you know, everybody laughed. I used to have the county kids come back. The JV would have to come back on Saturday night. They'd wrestle Friday. I'd make them come back on Saturday to get their award. And I'd tell them right up front, come in here with your award, and I'm going to put you out in front of everybody so everybody has a chance to see you. Um so that's something we tried to do. But there's a lot of difference of opinions, whether like this year it's going to be a bracket. Do you, you know, it's going to be in between the varsity tournaments. So do you do it as that or do you do it on the Friday night? Some people feel that do it on the Friday. You kind of shove them in a corner and kind of that's You just get them done because you have to get them done. So there's a lot of opinions with that. And I don't know if there's a right answer because JV wrestling is it's really not recognized the way that varsity wrestling is. Right. And that's the biggest problem. Right.
0: You're a very organized guy, Scott. I mean, when you're not coaching or officiating or running a county wrestling tournament, I mean, you're on your own real estate uh, company uh, down in Montgomery County. Where where does that come from? Was it your mom, your dad? Why why are you so darn organized? And why are you so on top of all this stuff?
2: You know, I think it's just the fact of just always staying busy keeps me calmer. It keeps me at peace, you know. Um, But even busy people aren't always organized or they're not on top of things. Well, I think it's it's the only way I can get it done. I think I force myself. You know, through, you know, it's funny people, laugh. I have a big calendar at the house, it's posted in the refrigerator, it has everything that we do, whether I'm doing it, the wife is doing it, one of the kids is doing it, where it's at, when it's at, so everybody can see it. Um, I think it it just comes from the fact that being organized made it a lot easier for me to be involved in more things, right? I mean, I, I, really, I felt like I could plan myself, keep myself organized to know, hey, I've got this time free to go do that because I wanted to do that. I say that probably next year I'll probably become so disorganized because I won't have to it's plan. All, it's all going to pot. Yeah, now, it's all going right. to pot. It's going to be just, Oh, when's the kid's schedule? Okay. Go there. Yeah. So, but that's why, because I wanted to be involved and I think being involved forced me to, to be good at keeping time and getting tasks done. All right. I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, real estate, same way, right. I've, i you're going to buy a house. I've got to keep your tasks in line. There's contractual stuff. So it just applies right to here, whether we've got the county tournament staying on time, making sure everything is organized, making sure that it's accounted for, you know, write it down. I think it's just good habits. You know, I think that I was fortunate enough to, you know, my dad was a, was a and mom were great influences in, you know, getting things done and making sure that things were accounted for, right? So, I think that that carries on today. Yeah.
0: And you also keep so many of the great records for Frederick County. How did you start that? How big an undertaking was that? Just getting all the 100 match winners, all <laughs> the all of team champions. All, I mean, you, you, you have a website. It's called Frederick County Wrestling. Yeah, Right, where, where you can go and look up all this great stuff about the history of wrestling in this county. How did that sort of come about and come together?
2: So this is attributed to Wayne Liddick. Uh, Wayne used to be a coach. He was a part-time coach at Banner, Long, coach at uh, Waynesboro. Uh, Wayne was my assistant at Brunswick. And we went to run the Brunswick County tournament. And uh, we were like, you know, we'd like to post something together. What are all these? Who has 100 wins? Who's got the most wins? I mean, I had some kids getting a lot of wins. Our program was brand new. Uh, back then, Oakdale didn't exist. Urbana didn't exist. You know, these this was this is the, what, the mid-90s? or This was late 90s, yeah. And, and even when I was coaching in Middletown, you know, like we had a state champion. Okay, well, how many did he win? You know, who? how many wins did you have as a coach? See, because coming to New Jersey, everything was kept in records. I could look up everything, like I said, from the match that my father wrestled or my brothers had wrestled. Who, who would keep the records? The state keeps them. I mean, just different record keepers. The school would keep them, right? You go to any school and they have all the records. So we decided that we were going to start keeping records. So this all started in 2002. I spent two years in the library. I spent two years going to going through what is microfilm or the Maryland room. Yeah. What is microfilm? Literally going through Frederick news post articles because there was an internet back then. It was going through the newspaper articles who won the county championship. Hopefully you'd post their record. I talked to the different schools. I talked to like Rich Gianella. I talked to Shartner. Uh, you know, we talked to Jackson. We talked I mean, to A lot of coaches who have been around. And, hey, what records do you have for your school? And we kept keeping them and keeping them.
0: And eventually. How, how many people had records? I mean. <laughs> they had some old e- e- books. E- even, even the news post. I mean, our record keeping here for wrestling is not, is not very. No, very, it was very, tough. Very, very good. Right? It was tough. It was tough. Um, it's a lot better now. Uh, and I'm glad to help with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, sure. You do. Uh, but, you know. Not a lot of people kept the records that you would think you would keep. In today's world, all these records are everywhere. Everybody knows everything. But in the 90s, you know, we went all the way back to 1983 to the first county tournament. And a lot of people talk. You you can talk to Yank Struby, He'll remember. You know, you can talk to, like I said, Jim Shartner. Talk to uh, Coach G. Um, But what's interesting is I started putting this together. And I never forget when I was talking about county champions. And I put together a list of four time county champions and somebody in Scott Linton's family reached out to me from Frederick and said, Hey, he won it four times. I only had him down as three. They saw the website and I was like, well, when else did he win it? I was like, I have him down at, you know, in, you know, 98, 99 and 2000. Well, they took a picture of the bracket, which is in my handwriting in 1997. And I was like, there you go. And then I talked to them and I got some more information. So, a lot of people have reached out and contributed, and a lot of people know it. You know, on the way here, I I just sent a, a message over to uh, Ben Arneson about uh, Earl Blake about his wins because I know he's getting close, right? Because you know, up until Danny Bertoni wrestled, you know, 150 wins really was it? I mean, he blew it out of the water with 189. It. I don't know if that'll ever be caught. Logan McCoy second with 165, and then you've got Morgan White 159. Right? And then you start a whole trail, 58, 57, 56, um, and some different ones. But you've got a couple guys this year. You know,
0: you're know. you still maintaining these
2: records. Yeah, I maintain yeah. them. Uh, the website had a little issue. Are, 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 you, are you still going to do it
0: going forward? Now that, now I that do. You're... I
2: put so much work into it. I'm, I maintain it in a very uh, basic fashion. Um, now I sort of download the results from the state tournament, at least last year. I kind of get the results from the county tournament. Download it from the state tournament. I keep an eye on who's going to be uh, champions, who's got wins, who I think can get it, you know, up in the title, and I go that route. Um, I don't do all the research behind 2017 is done, so I don't go back and do any more research. Um, now it's just keeping each year for really a couple weeks of the year, and, and I, you know, I track sort of the wins in a single season, the career wins, and of course the county results. You know who's the champion? Who's who's got the most champions? Who's got the most county championships? Um, you know, one day Tuscarora and Brunswick—they're the only two
0: schools without a county championship. Hopefully, they'll get one. Um, how complete, how thorough is this history? I mean, uh, do you have, you, have you have most of the gaps filled in, or, or, or can someone say do you have won the county title in seventy-three or whatever like that? So
2: we started in eighty-three as a okay. county tournament champion. Yeah, all the champions are rock solid. Uh, okay. All the state champions are rock solid the four-time county tournament champions the three-time county tournament so champions. dating back to the early 80s yep yeah you could come in and tell me you won a county championship but i don't keep track of single-time winners right okay i mean i could but i don't the list of, people have asked right. me to but, i'm not but, doing
0: but, that. but what if what if there was a four-time champ before 83
2: i'd be hard pressed that yeah. uh, well we, we didn't have the county tournament before 83 okay right so right. i mean and, and i know that when we went to run that like i said through research i mean frederick won the first couple Um, you know, the first four-time county champion was Kevin Caldo in 1987, right? I mean, that was the first one. Um, that was his first year he started and he ended in 90. So, um, I know after that I've got him. I mean, there's only been 13 this year. Earl Blake has a chance at being number 14. You know, I hate to, so I hate to bring that stuff up early, right? Like, because I always like the jinx thing, but Earl has a chance. Um, the last two we got, you know, there was a big gap for a while. Um, you know, after Kaywood won in 2004, we kind of had uh, Terry Bartholomew in six. Then we had Tyler Strube in eight. Adam Crop in 10. Charlie Prell in 15. And then we went Danny Bertoni and Jake McCosey in six, 16 together. Um, and then that was kind of it. Now Earl has a chance now. Um, and then we'll see. But uh, it's a difficult task, I'll tell you. I know. We have several three-timers uh, that I watch, and they lose in the semis. It's a tough task to win that thing four times. Uh, but, again... Uh, we're doing really well. You know, we've got these records, and, and hopefully kids look at them. And, and
0: what I think – So you're not keeping regular season records. You're keeping postseason and we, team and individual champions. Yeah,
2: we started on that uh, for a while, and it was just so hard. Um, it really became – That would have to be your full-time job. It became way too much. Yeah. Because a lot of times not every record is posted correctly. Right. Um, I mean, I kind of go back and forth even with the state sometimes. Because, again, if I have an official document from the state, I have to go with that. Right. So, so you're
0: going with the stuff that you know is rock solid.
2: Yeah. 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 And if somebody's got some hearsay, actually, look, this is what I have. You can prove me wrong. But most of the time, again, you know, at this point now, if somebody's going to get 190 wins, we're going to know about it. Right. And like I said, for a while, you know, when I wrestled, if you got 100 wins, that means essentially you made it to the state semifinals about four years in a row because you only wrestled probably 20, 20 matches a year.
0: Now you go to I, tournaments and all sorts of things.
2: Oh, these kids now are I mean, I was looking at something the other day. I mean, I look at kids last year, you know, forty seven wins, forty two wins, forty five wins, forty five wins. I was crazy who,
0: who's got the record for wins in a season is it
2: So the record for single wins in a season is actually Daniel Bertone with fifty. Okay. He's first and second. He's got 50 and he's got 40. Him and Morgan Way have 48.
0: 50 wins in a season. So you could have 100 wins by the end of your sophomore year. <laughs> yep. like, 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 like Danny did, yeah.
2: And, and I know that there's guys in Jersey that, you know, 180, 190, 200 wins. I mean, there's guys nationally, private schools, with 250, 300 wins. So they're wrestling a lot more. Um, I mean, you could, if you were to do it right, prior to going to a state tournament or a regional tournament or any of that series, just with what you're allowed to wrestle, You can have 30 matches in tournaments. You can have 10-team duels where you can wrestle two fives. So you can have 30 matches a year just from the dual-team tournament. And then you can have 14 from your regular season. So you can do 44 matches before you even get to, let's say your state team makes a regional duel. That's 45-46. Let's say you win this, you wrestle, that's 47. That's 48 with that series. Now you're looking three in the county, three in the region, four in the state. You're talking almost 60 matches you could technically wrestle if you did it that way yeah Now thankfully there's no schedule that's doing that around here I mean kids get 50 but you could do 60 matches. What do you think in Damascus in 178 straight uh, dual wins? It's a it's a it's a great accomplishment. I mean there's no question about it because it's been at 3A it's been at 2A. Uh, they wrestled a tough Glenelg team on Saturday. Uh, they stepped it up when they need to. They wrestled a tough Middletown team. I mean, Williamsport—they—they they have earned their way through the years. Uh, the last, my last trip to North Point, I had them in a state final, and uh, you know they're just a program. They've got a good, strong youth program, but they've got tradition. See, that's what they've got going for them now. Is—is is they've got this tradition that's driving them as well. Yeah, you as don't wrestling. want to be the
0: group that let, did, that's right didn't win the state. Correct. You got. Title. You
2: want to be that. You don't want to be that guy. And I think that has a lot to say to them. And I think that momentum, and I think they're going to go again next year. They only lose one. I think one kid.
0: Right. Yeah. It was a, if, Like a lot of people were saying, this was the year to get them. If this was the year. Them, yeah. yeah. This by far was Glenn El's best year that
2: they had. I mean this this was the year that the talk, at least on Saturday, because I didn't really follow either one of those schools, but this was the talk that on Saturday was was the time that they may they may be done.
0: You're, you're also neighbors with the Glenel uh, football football coach, <laughs> though,
2: right. A, yeah, Coach Schaefer and I are good friends. Yeah, uh, we met uh, when I was coaching his daughter uh, in softball when she was probably six or seven, and we've been friends ever since. But yeah, he's you know same way. He was a great guy. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, well or fortunate. Uh, you know, Oakdale had a great season and he ran into that at the end. But again, you, you
0: were torn there because you have your kids go to Oakdale, <laughs> but, but, to, but your, neighbor, for, your neighbor, your yeah.
2: uh, neighbor is coaching uh, the opposite team. Yeah, so. that was a, but you know, I was glad for Oakdale. That's where we're at. You know, it, they worked long and hard. I mean, my son played for that program long, long time ago. Uh, that program started when I was in Luya, when I was president of on the board. So we've seen that from its infancy and, plus, you know, it's a great score at My daughter certainly had, we went to the game. Uh, it was fun. You know, and they just – it was a great – they just – they had a great season. They really did, and they, they deserved it. All that hard work that they've done there um, has paid off. Yeah. So it's like anything else. You know, now, you know, they, they went to Damascus, beat them, and now their pressure's on those kids to say, hey,
0: do we want to continue on, right? Two more for you. I mean, wrestling seems like it's a much bigger deal in this county than, than it ever has been. I mean, it's not uncommon now to see 10 kids from this county in, in, in a state final. I mean, we've had it for, for a number of years. I mean, we've had – uh up, upwards of 8 to 10 state champions uh, in, in a year, state team champions. Uh, uh, Urbana has won two state dual championships before. W- why, why is wrestling a bigger deal now than, than it has been before in this county, or why is it becoming a bigger deal? I think the youth programs. I
2: think that you have a lot of people who are starting when they're young. I mean, you look at Luya or MVAL or Middletown or or uh, Frederick Mack Club, uh, even up at Catoctin. You know, you look at the Walkersville. all these kids that, that have come around. I mean, Brunswick, Tuscarora, they've all got feeders. Um, and I think that's a big deal. And that's new. But I think in the feeders, you had dedicated people in the feeders that cared about the county. They didn't necessarily care about just that small feeder program. I mean, you could go somewhere and, and Yank could be working with your kid or back when Doug McCosey, he'd be working with your kid or you go up with Chris White at Walkersville or Ryan Green. I mean, they're all working together. Right. And the county is getting better because, right. There's one of the things that, like I said, my philosophy, we all work together to make the county better. Um, I mean, our record in 2017, we sent 11 kids to the state finals. We had eight champions. That's unbelievable. I mean, there's some years we'd send one. Um, 2017.
0: Carroll County dominated Frederick County teams for a while. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, you know, you had eight state champs in 2017. You had five in 2018. This year we may get two or three, Um, you know. But I think that I think that we've become more competitive. I think the one A two A West as a whole is just unbelievably tough. Uh, You threw Damascus in there last year. Who's in the one A two A West now? So they come out and wrestle us in the regions. Uh, Next year they're going to three, but you're replacing with Glen Elk, right? So the the break never stops. I mean, and people know when you come out of our region to go wrestle, you have earned your way to the state tournament. And I think that's the difference. Um, we wrestle our way in, um, whether it's out to the Garrets or whether it's right here locally. But everybody's got a feeder program. And these they, people realize that these feeders and kids staying with it um, and having full teams, right? That's the biggest thing, is going to be better for us. And at the end of the day, when we go against other competition, you know, our region goes in and our kids can win one or two matches and get in the semis. And then it's just kind of a crapshoot as to who's better that day. I mean, sure, you're going to run into some barn burners that you're just not going to beat. But ultimately, uh, we've done pretty well. I mean, we're up to 70 state champions since we started keeping records. Um, Middletown has 16. They lead the way, right? Frederick's got 11. Urbana's got their 10. And then after that, you kind of go down through. But every school – in the county has a state. You're champion. talking ten overall, so it could be the same kid on the list. It's mm-hmm. uh, 16 individual yeah. titles. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. For Middletown, but every school in Frederick County has a state champion.
0: Remarkable. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, and I think that's that's just fantastic.
0: Right. Were you were you sad to see the team scoring go at the at, at the individual state and region tournaments?
2: You know, I tell you, I don't. I sometimes I'm just not sure what the state does with this whole, you know, point system and scoring system. I do think. Did you support the four duels? Champions? I do. I always have. Okay. I don't think a large two A should wrestle a small one A. I don't think a school with five six hundred should wrestle a school with two hundred. Like get, you know. You can be a one A state champion, a two A, three A, four. I think that's fair. Other states do it. I think the individual, you should be one champion. Put them all together. Let them all wrestle. You know, if you don't want to have the private, that's fine. That's out. But have all the have everybody wrestle in one tournament with a thirty two man bracket. Right. How right. awesome would that wrestling be? Right. And everybody would be watching it and loving it.
0: And, and keep keep the team score in the, in the individual tournaments? Or, or you're indifferent about that? Or? You know, so
2: what happened there was a team would bring three or four kids, and they'd win the state title, or five kids, and they had four champions, they'd win the state title. They wanted to stay away from that. And that was the sacrifice. They said, if we want to give you individual state champions, then, you know, let's go ahead and take you take away this team scoring. So now there's no team scoring in the regional. There's no team scoring in the state. Uh, there is a county, though. There is a county. We absolutely keep the county championship. 100%. Right. We yeah. always will. Um, because now, you know, with the new stuff that decides, uh, you know, this Principals cup that they have and, and it decides, uh, the points, uh, for the conference. So the, you know, that's a, that's a B it's actually a bigger deal than it was to win that now because you get your 10 points for the sports and it goes towards, uh, something that, uh, FCPS is doing, you know, on a yearly basis.
0: Right. So, Lastly, Scott, your uh, daughter uh, Samantha is a field hockey player at, at Oakdale. Um, field hockey is your new sport. <laughs> Can we expect this level of dedication? Are you the new this this level of devotion? Are you the new field hockey historian uh, for for Frederick County? No. So you know, I keep the stats for Coach Delling. Um, you right? Exactly, <laughs> you are the you are the not surprisingly you are the team statistician for I do keep the Oakdale stats for hockey. her.
2: I do film the games, but uh, my with Samantha, my biggest joy is going there to that game and just being dad. I, you know, it's, I like going up there. I, I sit away from my wife. I sit by myself. Right,
0: you know, and, you, and you're not going to be a field hockey referee. Well, you're, I'm an umpire.
2: I'm a uh, field hockey umpire. Okay. I am. I am actually a USA. Because you just had a field level one. I, so I do do other games, but uh, thankfully, uh, do our, they make you wear the skirt or anything? No, no, else? no. I okay. black, but I do wear a pink shirt. Okay. Uh, but uh, thankfully, our signer, uh, Casey McCosey, uh, Kevin's mom, you know, she's had three boys wrestle. Uh, she understands uh, the agreement uh, when I told her I would do this was that I would not miss any games that Oakdale played, no matter where they were, and she has been phenomenal.
0: Is this because you were dissatisfied with the level of field hockey officiating? No. You became a field hockey official. No,
2: I was like, you know, I need some exercise. I'll kind of go out, kind of help. And like I said, at, at the USA field hockey level, we go away for weekends or days or hours at a time. And we sit sometimes, and we're done. We're there, and I'm like, you know what? I might as well just go ahead and do this, and I'll you know, pay for a hotel room, or they'll give you know a little bit here and there to, to bite the trip. But uh, that's how that started, and that's just at that level. I I, I help them out here locally because again, I realize officials are hurting. Um, but there'll be no more sports this this after we're done this one. <laughs> uh, my daughter Paige, I guess she'll graduate. She'll be like the class of 2026
0: or something like that. So after that, I'm done. After that, i'm gonna start that's right so there won't be a website with all-time frederick county scoring leaders for field hockey or no. anything like that no
2: i still relegate uh there's been people in field hockey a lot longer than i have uh samantha only started in eighth grade uh we've been very fortunate with her i've got two other daughters behind her and uh and that's it so but i you know i want to sort of dwindle down like i talked about the opportunities right so I wanted to dwindle my responsibility down. So when she goes off to college, I can go ahead and go to a game and watch her. You know, I I can devote my time to going and watching them play because I've only got, I've got limited time left doing that. right. And that was my thing. So with that limited time left until they're done and on their own, I want to focus on that. So um, I can promise that uh, my field hockey will be, it is what it is at this level. I do a few national tournaments for USA field hockey and then that's it. So, uh nothing else with that <laughs> and oh, well, there'll be no website <laughs> well we we
0: appreciate everything you do for us scott He's sending us stats helping us with 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 our rankings uh and and just all you've done for frederick county wrestling uh thanks so much and uh we'll miss seeing you I, if you don't show up at the county tournament this week we'll miss seeing you there but um but uh, great to have you on and great to get your uh perspective so yep thank so you very much th- thanks and, for uh, doing this
2: yeah and again anybody who wants to uh Get into officiating, you know, Washington County Association, just come up, talk to somebody at a match. Uh, If your kid's interested in wrestling, you know, talk to a coach, they'll point you in the right
0: direction and. And hopefully we'll see the sport continue to, to grow and improve. And, and if someone wants to complain about one of your calls, where where, where, where can they reach you? Greg so. Swaytek <laughs> at Frederick News Post. <laughs> right. I'm fi- sure I'll get the message. I, I, I figured that, that that's, that's where they would, might email. So thanks so much for coming in again. Uh, no, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. And my thanks to uh, Graham Collin, Producing. For all of you uh, for listening uh, to the Final Score podcast, I'm Greg, and uh, we will see you next week right back here on the Final Score, presented by PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance.